0: to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is David Jennings. And in 2016, he successfully systematized himself out of his business, which was one of Australia's most trusted digital agencies called melbourneseoservices.com. He hired a CEO and stepped back from the daily operations and through this process he became a systems devotee founding System Hub and Systemology. Today his mission is to free all business owners worldwide from the daily operations of running their business. Welcome to the show David. Thanks Dennis, looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm excited and I appreciate you being here. We had a bit of a ding here in the background. I don't I don't want that to disrupt us. I'm not quite sure what that was, but no worries. We trudge on today, guys, just, just, just to give you a little bit of a teaser here. We're going to talk about seven myths of business processes and why most people fail at systemization. Now we all know that, you, know, if in order to scale and grow your business rapidly, it involves and it requires good systems and processes. And so that's how this ties into growth experts, right? David is an expert on this whole systematology process. He actually has a book, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Don't you have a book that's about to release or maybe it already released, yes. depending on
1: when we when we air this? Yeah, exactly right. So the book Systemology, which uh, for those watching the video, it's Create Time, Reduce Errors and Scale Your Profits with Proven Business Systems. I had the really good fortune of working on a dream project with a gentleman called Michael E. Gerber, who wrote the book called The E-Myth. And uh, he wrote the forward to the book and called it Extraordinary. So I'm super excited to get it out. For anyone who's been in the business game for a while, you'll be familiar with the E-Myth. And I kind of feel like Systemology is the extension of his work. No, I love it. Perfect. So when's that, when does it go? August when? So it comes out on August the 18th on Amazon. If you're an audio person, there will be the Audible version. If you like the hardcover, there's the hardcover too. Or if you're more of a Kindle person, there'll be the Kindle as well. Love it. Are you reading the audio book or did you hire somebody? I am reading. It. I always find that's the best. Whenever I listen to an audio book, I love hearing it from the author because you you just get that extra feeling, that extra depth. And I can I put some extra little Easter eggs in the audio version as well. So I had Michael read the forward, and uh, his wife played a little role as well, and then I read the rest of the book. So it's, it's great fun.
0: Not to mention the you know the extra flair with the Australian accent. So I think that'll that'll go a long way. I'm definitely going to get the audio book. So thank you for that. All right. So give us a quick backstory. I mean, we're going to dive into these seven myths, but give us a quick backstory. How'd you get here? I mean, you started a digital agency, you grew it very rapidly, and then you migrated out. Tell us a little bit about that story. Give us a little bit of context,
1: and then we'll dive into the seven myths. Mm, The business had been around for about 15 years, and I got trapped in the operations for about 11 or 12 of those years. The business kind of grew organically and because I could do all of the things, you know, I was the SEO, I could tweak the websites, I could look at AdWords and Facebook, all those sorts of digital marketing things. So I got really strong at solving problems and the team would start to rely on me. So anytime there was a problem, they'd come to me and I'd solve it because I was the knight in shining armor. Same with customers. I was on the website, in the videos. So when the leads were calling, they wanted to chat with me and they built a relationship up with me. And even when I handed them to the back office, you know, the the team to step in for the delivery, they would still come back to me if they had questions. And I had all these misconceptions in my head. I thought, the business can't be systemized because it's such a fast-moving industry and everything changes. If I write a system, it's going to be out of date. And I thought that I was going to have to be the person who creates the systems. And I was worried that the systems might remove creativity. So what ended up happening is I built this business that was so dependent on me that I just got stuck. And then it wasn't until I found out we were pregnant and I thought, no, I don't want to be that dad who's always too busy. I was working very long hours, doing the 70, 80-hour work weeks, working evenings and mornings, working on the weekends. And I thought, no, I really got to figure out this systemization thing and then I got on the journey. I started reading the books. I started doing it the hard way, started getting all of our core systems down. And then I recruited someone internally. She became our CEO. I stepped out of the operations and then she successfully ran that business for three years until just recently. There, there were a, a change in, in her circumstances and she had to resign and I ended up selling the business. And I, I built up the business to a point where it had value because it could work without me and then I was able to sell it, which which a lot of business owners I find they don't really have anything that they can sell because the business is them.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know a lot of times what you just described, I hear about quite often either with clients or friends or just in circles that I run with, and that is you know you've built a business which in a lot of ways really isn't a business. It's a high paid job because you're tied to it, you're married to it. If you, you can't take vacations, you can't break away, you can't do anything. You're just married to that, to that business slash job. And while it compensates you well, doesn't go bode well for lifestyle and doesn't bode well for having young children and, and all the things you mentioned. So so congrats on breaking away from that. Cause that's not an easy that's not an easy feat, right? I mean, you you pulled off a mini miracle by being able to actually do that. So tell us a little bit about that business. I mean, could you give us a sense of scale yeah. as to what that business, how big that business was? I mean, you're talking yeah. uh, six figures, high seven figures. How big of a, an SEO agency was it?
1: Yeah. So I'd probably say low seven figures. We had a team of 15 that were kind of doing everything from SEO, like all of the parts of the different business. And then split between some local and then some offshore as well mainly servicing Australian-based business. I would say we're more of a premium service. Like, I mean, we weren't selling the bargain basement couple hundred dollars a month type SEO and we had different components. Where I actually had my biggest breakthrough was we ended up having a, a sister company that we set up. It was called Melbourne Video Production and I couldn't turn on the camera. So, well, I suppose I could turn it on, but I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to shoot. I just didn't, I wasn't a camera person, but we had such a demand for content creation services in that digital agency that we thought, well, let's create this little sub brand. Going through that exercise of setting up a business where I couldn't do the thing, that taught me a huge amount about how to hire the right people, how to structure things, how to make it work. Because from day one, I couldn't do the delivery of the work. And then that was really what set off the dominoes. And I, started cherry picking all the best bits out of what we had done in this sister company and then pulled it into Melbourne SEO services, started testing all of these misconceptions and myths that I had around business systemization to the point where I said, oh yeah, look, I really can systemize this and step out of the operations.
0: Perfect. So what does your business do now? You have this book that's releasing, but tell me about the business now. I mean, give me the elevator version of that.
1: Yeah. So as I stepped out of the agency, we got it to the point where it was delivering me basically profit every quarter. And I was putting in about a day to half a day's worth of work per month, meeting with the CEO, looking at the analytics and those sorts of things gave me a great amount of time and space to do some thinking. I, we had the kids. We ended up having two kids and I took some time off and I kind of rethought. Okay. Well, what is it that I want to work on next to, to be more strategic? And that's when I had a few people go, well, show us what you were doing with this systemization thing. How were you able to get it out of your head? How did you structure it? Where did you start? And I ended up running a a couple of little small coaching groups around systemizing business and removing business owners. And that kind of went really well. That ended up evolving into a little workshop that I ran. We recorded the workshop. And then I thought, oh, there's something to this. Started doing some consulting work. Where I then started working with some clients one on one to help just go. I'd go in for basically a three month engagement. I'd bring in some of my team. We'd work on the systems and the processes, get them up and running, identify the systems champion inside their business who'd take things over. And then I'd step out and, and I did that for some time until I realized, look, it's just not scalable. And because it, it was still me. And I thought, well, if I'm teaching systems, I got to be the best example of what it is that I'm teaching. So then I started really focusing, well, how can I deliver this more at scale? And that's when I thought, right, I'm going to write a book about it. Um, We developed the system for systemizing business, which is systemology, and then looking at some different ways that we could then implement it. We're building up a team of consultants we call systemologists, and they take our framework and then go into businesses and basically do what I was doing um, one-on-one, But but we're able to do it at a much larger scale now. And that's kind of how it's evolved.
0: So it's almost like a certification where you train the the systemologists and then they go out and use that as a business. Yeah, that that
1: would be our core for sure. Yeah, Yeah. and then we kind of we get a lot of interest from the retail side of things, um, like the the end clients that we can then also introduce through to the systemologists. Just obviously with a lot of the work that we do, getting our message out there as well. And we also have built a SaaS platform that sits alongside it, so a place. For where business can businesses can store their sy- systems and processes, and that's what System Hub is. So they kind of go a little bit hand in hand.
0: Thank you for that explanation. That helps. That puts a little bit of context to it, where you've pivoted and how you've moved going forward. So okay, great. So let's dive into these seven myths, right? So there's yeah. there's probably more, but we're going to talk about seven today, right? And we're going to be able to pull the pull back the covers a little bit on some of these and others. We're just going to touch upon. But break that apart for us. Give us a little bit of a semblance of what those seven myths are.
1: Yeah. So as I've started working with all of these clients, I'm looking for where the roadblocks are and what stops the business owner deploying systems. Because I'm finding the more that I work with founders, generally speaking, it's not in their makeup to be systems people. So they're these big picture thinkers, they're visionaries, they're, they're a hustler, they see a problem in the world, they create the product and service, they go out and sell it to get the business off the ground and that gets them only so far and then they end up getting stuck because all of those habits of them not being a systems and a process person means that they never actually get the systems and the processes and it's usually because of these seven myths. Um, the, the, There are more but these are the ones that a lot of them focus on. The, the first one is in your head when I say systems and processes to the person who's listening to this now. Just think about before I say anything, what bubbles up? What do you feel about systems and processes? And you things will start popping in your head. Things like, I'm going to need hundreds of systems to systemize my business because you think of McDonald's as an example. They are the poster child of business systemization and they've got these big, thick manuals that describe every facet of their business in great detail. So they think that's what a systemized business is. But the truth of the matter is there's probably. 10 to 15 systems if you nail just those core systems it'll have a tremendous impact on your business cuz it improves you, the ability for you to deliver consistency and consistently for your clients without any sort of key person dependency.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make the assumption that the 80/20 rule applies to systems as well, right? I mean, 20% of 100. your systems give you 80% of the impact, right? So, you have to identify what those systems are. So, it doesn't take hundreds of systems. So, that's that's myth number 1.
1: Yes. And then myth number two is that the business owner needs to be the one that creates the systems. Now, this myth, again, if you think about your situation as you're listening to this and you think about systems and you're the person who's the core centerpiece in your business, you probably think, Oh, I'm going to have to be the one that creates these, which is a myth because there is a lot of knowledge residing in the heads of your key team members and it's about empowering them. So let's say for sales identify your best salesperson and record what it is that they're doing, turn that into a system and a process, and then get all of your team up to that standard as minimum level one standard. Yes, we'll improve the systems beyond that. But just first, getting everybody up to that standard is a sufficient win. It's a huge win if everybody can perform to that level. So. The key in step number two here and myth number two is identifying where the knowledge resides. So, if step number one is identify the key systems, the 80 20, step number two is then go where does that knowledge reside in the business, preferably and as much as possible where it's not the business owner. And that's a great way to remove the business owner from the process.
0: Yeah, I love that. Plus, it allows that person who, where that expertise or knowledge is, to take ownership of that, right? And so, you know, that that has a whole different element to it for why that could be important. They're going to be able to put their name on it. They're going to really, you know, they're going to really take time and invest in that process and make sure that it's documented the right way because that's an opportunity for them, right? It's an opportunity for them to have a bigger impact on the business than just their individual sole efforts.
1: A hundred percent. People support what it is that they help to create. So anything that I like we can... That. Do. I like that. Yeah, I, that's really yeah, simple. I basically yeah. said the same thing that you said, but I, I kind of put it into a nice little sentence. And, and it rolls into that the next myth quite well as well, which is that you're not going to have time to create the systems. You already think you're too busy as it is. But if you've then identified who on your team has the knowledge, then we just need to make it easy for them to get it out of their head. So the secret for this is to realize it's a two person job. You've got the person who has the knowledge and you have the person who does the documentation, and they're two separate people. So you record the person doing the thing. It might be a Loom. It might be recorded on your iPhone. It might be a Zoom. It might be a GoPro. Whatever it takes, just record that expertise from the knowledgeable person as they're doing it, when they're doing it. Capture that, then give that to someone else to watch the video, to pull out the key steps. Because the truth is, your key team members, your best team members are just as busy as you are. So it's not enough just to say, hey, you go document this system or process. They might not even be a systems person. So we, we want to make it easy for them to get it out of their head. Perfect. All right. Number four. Number four is that you're going to need complex systems or tools. Um, the truth is, or what I love to say is Complexity is the enemy of systemization. We want to make this as simple as possible because systems and processes have friction at the best of times for a lot of team members. They're not wired for this, especially if they've been working with you, the business owner for some time. They've gotten used to these bad habits and doing things a certain way. So if you say we're going to change things, they're going to go, why do I have to change? You know, I've always done it this way. Why do we need to change now? Um, and by keeping it simple, and simple both from a project management's perspective, you know, who does what by when, and also how you store your systems and processes. So moving away from just shoving them into a Dropbox folder in unorganized folders where the systems don't follow a consistent method and it's hard to find what you're looking for when you're looking for it. You just want to make sure the time at which you're assigning a task, you also have a link to the system or the process that explains how that thing is done. And then that sets the standard of expectation. So it, it really is a lot easier than a lot of people make it out to be.
0: Love it. So it's a system of making and managing systems.
1: Perfect. I love it. Love I it. I think that needs to be on a, on a little t-shirt there. <laughs> the system for making systems. I, I, the next one is that the myth being that your team won't follow systems and processes. This speaks to something almost earlier on, on what you were saying. I think one thing that I've noticed, particularly right now and everything that's going on in the world, it is the easiest time in history ever to introduce change into your business because the team is so receptive and so open to change because change is happening everywhere. It's happening in their home life. It's happening in their work life. It's happening in their community. So... When you bring this forward as an idea that we're going to systemize our business, that we're going to develop a way of doing things, and like Dennis said earlier, we enroll and engage them early so they can support what it is that they're helping to create, that resistance level goes right down. And also recognize that you as the business owner, you are the big picture visionary thinker. Just because you might not be a systems and a process guy and like following systems and processes doesn't mean you're A player's. And your awesome team members aren't. In fact, a lot of people, A players in particular, love systems and processes because it explains to them how to win at their job, how to excel, how to outperform because you're outlining the criteria for success. So there's a bit of a process in how you introduce it to the team and how you get them involved and enrolled in this idea. But it is a misconception that your team won't follow systems. And once you change the culture, it's just the way that they do things here. And it gets easier with every new hire. Old staff, they'll sit there and they'll go, yeah, why do I have to change? But new staff, if that's all they ever know, then it's very easy to get them on board because that's all they've ever known.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I I remember hearing a quote. I don't know who said it, but it kind of goes back to this, you know, in regards to a good timing for implementing systems and making changes there's that quote, I think it goes something like, never let a serious crisis go to waste, right? So yes. you, you have a great opportunity in this in this changing environment to introduce change because people are used to it. People are expecting it, right? Everything's changing around them. So I think if people are listening right now, I mean, you know, if you've ever had that myth in your mind that people won't follow systems and that, you know, there's never a good time to implement something new because people are always resistant you know, I think uh, David hit it on the head. I think it's, I think this is a great time for you to, to streamline and implement those
1: systems. So awesome. And what's number six? So number six is that uh, systemization will remove creativity. This is a big myth, particularly for people who work in creative industries or the products and services that they deliver feel like there's a level of creativity involved in it. The truth is, and we see this, I mean, the the classic example of a, a system or a process that's been designed specifically to create space, a good one. I always like to think of some of the most creative thinkers of our time. You know, We have people like our Steve Jobs and Zuckerberg and, I mean, Einstein before that. They all had this system and this method of the way that they would select their clothes. Everybody's heard this story. It's like they wear the same clothes every single day, And that was their system for closed selection. What that did was just gave them back a little bit of extra space, a little bit of extra time, a little bit extra decision-making power. That simple system then allowed them to focus their energies into the more creative endeavors where they would get the biggest leverage, where they would come from the biggest ideas. Now, that is just a very micro example. In business, there's a range of things that need to happen, basic like functioning of your business, you know, we've got onboarding clients, invoicing clients, setting up a project, the communication with the client, the sales process, the follow-up process, like there are all of these ways of doing things that need to happen consistently. So a system is about capturing those ideas, getting a consistent approach so that you as the business owner and your key team members don't have to worry about that sort of stuff because it's just handled and taken care of by the system and and part of the way that you do things and then that enables you to be creative. When the business owner can step away from the operations, when the business owner can take time off and think about the business and do that classic thing Michael Gerber talked about, working on it rather than in it, that's when you're most creative and that's when you get the biggest wins and it comes from systemizing to the point where you create the space. So that's you know really busting that myth that systems remove creativity when they do the opposite. They create creativity.
0: Perfect. And what's number seven?
1: Number seven is, and we touched on it earlier, that idea that you're going to need to systemize like McDonald's and seeking this perfection. Looking at McDonald's in the way that they are today, I like to use the analogy that it's like you're trying to compete in the Olympics. McDonald's is a lean, mean, systemized machine who's been training their whole life on systems and processes and they're absolute rock stars. And here you are, or at least when I got started, I felt like a flabby couch potato and I was trying to systemize like them and run head-to-head with them. No, the secret is to systemize like McDonald's did 60 years ago. How did they get started? Watch the movie The Founder and see when they first developed their systems and processes it was fluid. There weren't systems and processes documented. They're like, oh, does the thick shake maker, you know, do we put that next to the window or do we put it over near the fryer? Where are we going to put these registered? Like they're figuring out the system and it's evolving over time. So going back to what we talked about in that myth number one that you're going to need to create hundreds of systems, it's 80-20. Don't systemize like McDonald's is today. Systemize like how they were 60 years ago get started on the journey and just look for the 20% that have the biggest impact.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, it's when you're systematizing your business, you know, it's version 1.0, but that doesn't mean you stop there. It can go 2.0 and 3.0. And like you said, McDonald's is on probably (laughs) 195.0, who knows, right? So, you know, don't compare yourself to someone who's on chapter 10 of the book when you're just starting to read chapter two, right? So, So yeah, I know. I think that's great. I think as long as you take the perspective of progress over perfection, you know, you've heard that a million times with your systems, I think that will be a big benefit. So awesome.
1: And I often say with that one as well, the last one to think about is just capture things as they are right now. Everybody, when they start to systemize, they try and re-engineer the process, make it just perfect, you know, oh, they hear about a CRM that they want to use or a new sales tool or, and they go, oh, well, we're doing systems. Now's the perfect time to rewrite those systems and processes and put that new platform in there. But what that does is it becomes a roadblock between you getting it done. It's just another thing that has to be figured out. You're much better off, first of all, thinking what is the best way that we're currently doing these stages? Capture that best way bring everybody up to that standard. That now is your new minimum. Your top performing method is now your new minimum. Then you'll look to rebuild on top of that, but definitely make it easy on yourself and capture just what you're doing.
0: Love it. Listen, anything else you want to add about systemology, right? It's called systemology, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this whole framework of creating systems or any of these myths, a couple more questions, then we'll wrap it up for today.
1: The biggest thing for me, particularly because we're speaking to a lot of business owners as they listen to this right now, I just want to challenge you to rethink the way that you look at business systems and processes. The biggest thing that they bring to you that you don't even recognize how much you're leaving on the table is actually the opportunity cost. There are probably opportunities as the business owner flying past you every second day. Some of them you'll see. Some of them you won't because you're so focused in on your business. And even if the best opportunity in the world landed in your lap and you had a, a chance to 10x or 100x your business, there's a very good chance that you wouldn't be able to take advantage of that because you just don't have the space or the capacity. You can't step away from your business for more than a day or two. So what systems allow you to do is to spot these opportunities, take advantage of these opportunities prep yourself up and prime yourself so that you can really leverage those opportunities. And that's what systems is about. Just because you might not see yourself as a systems thinker doesn't mean you can't build a systems centered business. In fact, it's very common that the business founder isn't a systems thinker yet, as Dennis said, right at the start, if you want to grow and scale and move beyond a business that works with you as the centerpiece systems are a critical piece of that. And it's, it's something worth making urgent and important.
0: Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions, rapid fire. Number one, what's your favorite growth tool or software, SaaS product, app, something that you're using to help you grow your business?
1: I'm a little bit biased and I'd say systemhub.com. That's where we uh, store all of our systems and our processes. But I mean, outside of that, we try and keep things sister, simple. So I mean, the Google suite If you just get really good at Google suite, there's so many things in there, Gmail, calendars, keep, they've got drawing tool and it's all in one. That for me, best bang for your buck is Google suite.
0: Love it. And what would be one book besides your book that you would recommend to the audience and then, uh, or, you know, that maybe helped you on your journey and you maybe think might help them on theirs?
1: I'll mention two depending on where you're at. If you are yet to be sold on the idea of business systems, and I'm hoping I've got you over the line, but if you haven't, read the book The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. If you are sold on systems and, and you check out systemology, the other one to check out is a book by Gino Wickman called Traction. And I love that book. It's a fantastic book that is at the right level. It's an operating system for a business and Systemology kind of really clicks in quite well with that. Love
0: it. Well, listen, David, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about how they can get your book and maybe check out System Hub, which is your SaaS product. And then we'll wrap it up for today.
1: Yeah. Just head over to systemology.com forward slash book. You'll find everything about the book. There's links to our podcast, Business Processes Simplified. you outreach to me on social media. Happy to answer any questions or just, I mean, you can even just head straight to Amazon and grab the links from there. So whatever's easiest for you to get started, but systemology.com forward slash book.
0: Awesome. I'll put those links in the show notes. Really appreciate you being here. Have an awesome day and I'm sure we'll talk again soon.
1: Perfect. Thanks, Dennis. Pleasure.
0: Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.